Hey, what's up? Hello, and welcome to the show. This is the PB and Jargon Podcast. You're listening to episode four, and I'm your host, Parker Brown. PB and Jargon Podcast is a part of PDB Media, and I'm really excited that you're here listening to this podcast. We got a fun show for you. We're going to be doing some predictions for MLB, NBA, and NHL seasons that are literally coming tomorrow is the start of the Major League Baseball season. And we're also going to take a deep look into Back to the Future and a few other things of the past and future. So stick around, but we're going to head to a commercial right now. Okay, so let's go into sports ball. Now, today in sports ball is going to be a lot, so I'm going to try to be as concise as possible, but, you know, that might not happen. Hopefully, hopefully I don't talk for too long, but I want to give my predictions for the three major sports that are starting within, well, Major League Baseball, as I mentioned, starts tomorrow and within the next month. The NBA and the NHL will be starting up. I'll get to some NFL predictions probably at a later episode. But as for now, I'm going to start with Major League Baseball because I like baseball. I love talking about... I mean, I just love talking about baseball and it starts tomorrow. So, as you know... I have a lot of biases when it comes to the Dodgers, but at this point, my confidence in the team in the postseason, that might be foreshadowing. My confidence in the postseason uh, is a little bit down, even with the changes that they made to the roster, and the window is definitely closing. So there's some foreshadowing for you and some of my own biases, but... Uh, I'm just going to go right into how I think the divisions will play out. I'll go division by division, starting with the American League East through the American League West, and then go to the NL, the National League East through the National National League West. So starting in the American League East, last place, I'm going to go Baltimore. They're in rebuilding mode. And when it comes to the three and four spot in the division, that I actually really had to think about because the Blue Jays have a lot of youth and they've got some studs and not to mention they have former Dodger pitcher Hunjin Ryu. I think they could snag some extra games and they won't finish as the second to last team. I think the Red Sox will take a little bit of a step back. I mean, they seem to always take a step back after having some success. That seems to be their trend in the last 20 years. Um, So I think the Red Sox are going to take a little bit of a step back. They're pitching. uh, It's give and take. And I think the Blue Jays will probably be in the same conversation as the Red Sox. They're not making the postseason, but they're at least they're not going to be last in the division. Um, Boston, I don't know what their plan is for the future, but I really don't think that their now is... Granted, they won the World Series in 2018, but I don't think their team as it stands now really has enough to go up against some of the other national or other American League East opponents and the Blue Jays are going to take another step forward. So I think the Blue Jays will finish third in the division. Second in the division will be the Tampa Bay Rays. I think Tampa Bay is a well coached and a well um, developed team It's just they're not going to have enough firepower to compete with the Yankees when it comes to the division, but I do think Tampa Bay will uh, get themselves in a wild card spot. I think 
they'll be the top spot. So they'll actually be hosting, um, which will be interesting because, you know, they're already used to playing at an empty Tropicana field. So that'll help them, actually, when you think about it. Sorry if you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan, if you exist. Sorry to offend you. Um, but the Yankees, the big bad Bronx Bombers, man, I love that alliteration, but I hate the team, but I just can't ignore the Yankees just have too much. They bought a pretty good team this year. Um, I think the approach of the home run happy, but high strikeouts that might hurt them a little bit in the postseason, but I think this year when they have the pitching to go with it, I think down a short season stretch, I think they'll hit a hot streak and win the division, and we'll get to the postseason eventually. So there's the American League East for you. Now when it comes to the American League Central, um, again, I'm going to go with last place the Kansas City Royals. I know it doesn't really matter who ends up in last. It just matters the who's in the postseason. But I think that it is important to point out that I think the Royals kind of are lacking direction. Um, so that would be important for looking ahead, not just in this weird year of 2020. I think the Royals are going to kind of stay in the same spot. Whereas the Tigers, they have at least some direction and they've got some good young talent. And I think the Tigers will end up fourth in the division. And here's where things get interesting. I'm not going to be somebody that doesn't pick the Twins to win the division. I think think the Twins will kind of have it wrapped up pretty early. But when it comes to who's second and who's third in the division, that's where I have some changes. I think Cleveland is kind of dying out. Their run of making the postseason and having good teams, even if they don't make the postseason, I think their window is kind of closing and they've even looked at trading their star, Francisco Lindor, and they already traded away Trevor Bauer in an interesting deal. I don't think they've got... I know they have some pretty good, like Mike Clevenger, but they lost Kluber as well. I think their pitching is just not enough. And I think they take a step back and... Their future's really up in the air. I think the White Sox will end up being the second team in the division, and they will be battling for a wild card spot. However, I think they will fall short, just barely. I'm definitely riding the Chicago White Sox hype train. In a shortened season, anything can happen, and they have the hitting, and they acquired some decent pitching and a bullpen to round it out. I think the White Sox are going to be a threat in the coming years. Just this year is not quite the year. I think the White Sox will have to wait in order to contend or even make the postseason. They're going to be close though. I'm riding that hype train for sure. So if you're a fan of those Windy City White Sox, well, there's some good things to look forward to. Some very bright young prospects as well as some guys that have already broke out in the major leagues and some good young pitching. Lucas Giolito is one of my favorite players in the majors today. He's got some nasty stuff. And <laughs> one of the most fun players in the game in Eloy Jimenez, he is going to be fun to watch in a shortened season. He'll be fully healthy. I think sky's the limit, but they're going to fall short. The 
inexperienced, it'll take them a year to kind of gel and figure out who they are, but they're going to be good. That's for sure. So the twins, I, I really don't think there's too many people that aren't picking the twins to win the division. There's really nothing holding them back. They're the most legit team in that division. They went out and they acquired some good pieces. Um, so yeah, there's really not much else to say about that. Now, in the American League West, this is where things get interesting. Because it seems like every team in the American League West, except for the Mariners, got better or were already in a good place. The Rangers, they got better. The Angels, they got better. Now, if the Angels got enough to put a good enough team around the greatest player of our generation, Mike Trout, then they might be making some noise. But I think it'll take a while for them to mesh as a team and with it being a shortened season, I think they're going to be middle of the pack. The Mariners are going to end up fifth place in the division. And then every other team, they all have a shot. I think the Rangers are going to end up fourth. They won't have a bad season by any means, but I think the Rangers are going to end up fourth. Same with the Angels. They will be third. Not a bad season, but poor Mike Trout. He's just going to continue being on teams that have missed the postseason. And then it's just the A's and the Astros. And I'm going to be in the minority here. I realize that I might get some heat for saying this. But I think in a shortened season... The A's have a little bit of an advantage over the Astros, especially with the scandal from seasons past looming over the Astros. I think the Astros won't be able to keep their cool. I think they'll be under so much scrutiny that they won't be able to focus as much. I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. Granted, they still have really good pitching, but I think the A's, just their approach and the way that they play in a shortened season, they can scratch away some big wins. And I think the A's are going to pull away with the division. There's just too much of a distraction in H-Town. Too, too much distraction. So I got Oakland, Minnesota, and New York in the American League winning the divisions. Tampa Bay, the top wildcard spot, but Houston, I'm not saying that they're going to be out of the postseason, though. I think they're going to be the team that uh, gets that last wildcard spot, although they they definitely are in for a scare of a year because in that wildcard game playing in Tampa Bay, and if you remember, Tampa Bay gave them a little bit of a scare last year in the postseason. Tampa Bay's a good postseason team. The way they're coached, the analytics-based uh, strategies, I think Tampa Bay has a little bit of an edge, you know, winner-take-all wildcard game, and I think Tampa Bay is going to win that. But it'll be short-lived because then they play the Yankees, and the Yankees are going to have their number, so... Yeah, winner of the wildcard game is going to be Tampa, but they will lose to the Yankees. And that'll probably be a quick series. And Minnesota versus Oakland. I think Minnesota has had way too much frustration in the postseason. I think they're going to be able to push through for a series, and they'll beat out Oakland. Although, again, they come up against the Yankees, and the Yankees are the Twins kryptonite and the Yankees are just too much there's really no competition in the American League except for Houston but Houston is in too much too much controversy to even think about playing the game so I think the Yankees take the American League this year 
pretty handily too. Because heaven forbid the golden child of the Major League Baseball league, heaven forbid they go 10 plus years without a championship. Oh wait, they did. Well, this is their year, isn't it? I certainly hope not. But they're going to make it to the World Series, and I'll tell you who they'll play after I go through all the divisions again. The National League East is also an interesting one because you don't know what you're going to get from any of the top three teams, but I think it's pretty obvious the Marlins are in rebuilding mode. They'll be last place in the division, but... They seem to be trending in the right direction. They've got some really talented young players. And I think in the coming years, they might actually, Derek Jeter's strategies might actually work out. Then you have the New York Mets, and you never know what to expect from them. DeGrom seems to be battling injuries. I think he's on injured reserve again. Um, And the pitching is their strongest piece. I think their offense, it's so hit and miss. Well, no pun intended, but it's so hit and miss that I you just can't count on them. If they get hot, they can definitely win the division like with ease because they have the pitching even without DeGrom, but too, mi- too much uncertainty. So I have them fourth in the division. I have the Washington Nationals, the defending World Series champions. I have them third place in the division. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. That team lost a lot in the offseason. Ryan Zimmerman is not going to be playing. I don't think their pitching is enough to keep them relevant, similar to the Mets in previous years. If you don't have the offense to go along with the really good pitching, then you're just going to be middle of the pack. And I think that's what the Nationals are going to be this year. Second place in the division, I think the Phillies are a good team. I think they will compete for the division title. But similar to the last two years, I think they're going to fall short. There's just They're just a team that is there but they never quite go forward. And I think Atlanta's just too good. They're young. They're talented. They've got everything that you're looking for in a young playoff team. I think Atlanta takes the division. The National League Central is also a weird one. The Pirates are obviously going to be in fifth, but everything else is up in the air. I really don't buy the Cubs with new manager um, Grandpa Rossi. Yeah, I I don't buy the Cubs. They might be a dark horse, but I, I just don't buy it. I think their window is pretty much closed. Um, and then from there, the top three teams, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Cincinnati. Who's going to win between those? It took me a while to think this through, but St. Louis is just a better team. They will win the division. And then between Cincinnati and Milwaukee, I'm really riding the Cincinnati hype train right now. I think they will have second place in the division, and they will host the wildcard game, and they will host the wildcard game against Milwaukee. Philly Philly will be close, but I think Milwaukee will get into the wild card game again and I think Milwaukee is just not as good as Cincinnati right now. Cincinnati is quietly but surely built a winner. And then the National League West for the ninth straight year, the Dodgers are going to win the West. Uh, everybody is picking the Dodgers. And as a Dodger fan, that's encouraging, I guess. Like, hooray, it's a participation award almost at this point. 
but it doesn't mean anything unless you make it all the way. And I really don't trust them in the postseason. It's kind of sad, but I really don't trust them. I think the Giants are fifth in the division, the Rockies fourth. Between the Diamondbacks, who are an interesting team, and the Padres, who are a young team but very talented, I think the Diamondbacks are third, and the Padres are actually going to sneak into second in the division, but they'll fall short of the wild card. But yeah, the Dodgers are going back to the postseason. I have Cincinnati beating out Milwaukee. They're just a better team. They'll play the top seed, Los Angeles Dodgers. I think the Dodgers will learn their lesson from last year about underestimating the wildcard team. Even though Cincinnati's going to be red hot by then, I think LA is going to beat them. I think Atlanta is going to uh, get over some of their postseason woes from the last few years, and they'll beat out St. Louis in a hard-fought series. That'll be a really close series. But, or not St. Louis, or yes, St. Louis. Why am I, I'm spacing out. This is not good. It's only been 20 minutes. <laughs> Atlanta will move on, but they'll play against the Dodgers, who the Dodgers have their number lately. Definitely not in the past, but lately the Dodgers have their number. So I have the Dodgers going to the World Series. This is the L.A. versus New York. This is what everybody's predicting. This is what everybody wants. And I really, as much as I hope the Dodgers win, my pick is the Yankees. I think the league, not that it's rigged or anything, but I think the league for the storyline and Oh, poor Yankees, you've gone 10-plus years without a World Series. I think I think the Yankees are just going to have a lot behind them, and they've got a good team. It's plain and simple. I think the Yankees are winning the World Series. So now that I got that out of the way, let's go to the NHL. And I'm very amateur with NHL analysis, but here's how... I think the round robin is going to turn out for the seeding of the top four teams. I think St. Louis is going to be the one seed in the West, and Boston is going to be the one seed in the East. Nothing too crazy there, because they're both incredibly talented teams. They were the number one seeds going into the round robin. So I guess the only changes that I have in the seeding after the round robin is the two and three seeds are going to swap in both the East and the West. I think Vegas is really good. Uh, I'm kind of bitter about them being good, though, but that's beside the point. Uh, and I think Washington, with the experience of the last few years, I think Washington, I like their chances. They're being overlooked a lot lately it seems like and I think Washington nabs that two seed so with the play-in round I got Calgary and I got Nashville those two teams just they're better than Winnipeg and Arizona plain and simple I think Calgary's gonna actually they're just gonna have a pretty easy time with Winnipeg. I I hope I don't eat my words there, but I think Calgary is just a way better team, plain and simple. And Nashville, same with them over Arizona. Uh, when it comes to Chicago versus Edmonton, that's where I have some changes. You have a healthy Chicago team and an Edmonton team that's got a lot of question marks other than Connor McDavid. I think Chicago is dangerous. I think Chicago is going to surprise everybody, and they're going to win. Vancouver and Minnesota is also an interesting matchup, because Minnesota seems to have an interesting relationship with Vancouver, formerly in the same division. I think Minnesota, and this might be my bias, but you know, I think Minnesota has more experience Kevin Fiala is going to go off, and I 
I think Vancouver is just really young. I think that's going to end up playing in the Wild's favor, plus they're fired up. For whatever reason, after you fire your head coach, you just start playing well. That's what has happened every single time that the Wild have fired a head coach, and now you have the new head coach. I think they're going to be disciplined, they're going to be hungry, and their window is closing too. Let's not forget that. I think the Wild take that. And going to the Eastern Conference, Toronto and Columbus is an interesting play-in series, but I have Toronto. It'll be a close one, but I, I think Toronto is just too good. I don't even know how they've been they've been underperforming for a long time. I think they're just too good to lose to Columbus here. Carolina and New York. Carolina's just the better team, plain and simple. Same with Pittsburgh versus Montreal. Pittsburgh is way too good. And then New York versus Florida. That's going to be a close one, in my opinion. I like the Islanders. I respect Barry Trotz. And the Islanders are going to play Washington in the next round. I think Washington wins that pretty handily. Same with Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Tampa Bay is going to move on again. Boston versus Toronto. It'll be a tight series, but I think Boston moves on. And then the most interesting first-round series is going to be Philly versus Pittsburgh. You got the rivalry. Pittsburgh, they have experience. Philly is young. Normally I go with the experience, but I think Philly is going to take this one and the next the second round you just got the top 4 seeds so it was almost like the play in and all that didn't even matter but i do have washington surprising tampa again and leapfrogging them into the eastern conference finals and boston versus philly you got another rivalry series i think philly is going to surprise boston as well. I think Philly and Washington is your Eastern Conference final. And I like Washington. I really buy them this year. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. And then you got the Western Conference. St. Louis is going to have a very easy time. The only interesting series that I am seeing in the Western Conference would be Chicago and Dallas. Again, division, you never know. Chicago might get hot, but I'm going to pick Dallas anyway. And then Vegas versus Minnesota. If the seeding works out and if Minnesota wins, that's who they will play. Vegas and Minnesota, I think... The Wild do have Vegas's number for whatever reason, so this is going to be a very hard-fought series. But Vegas is going to end, edge out Minnesota. But I think Vegas is going to be a little bit worn down for the next series against Colorado, and Colorado will make it to the Western Conference Final against St. Louis. And then St. Louis will go back to the Stanley Cup Final and this will be an interesting Stanley Cup final this year in my prediction world. Because uh, you got Washington, who won the Stanley Cup in 2018, and then St. Louis, who won the Stanley Cup in 2019. It's either going to be a back-to-back or two cups in three years. And again, for whatever reason, gut feeling, I really buy Washington this year. I... It, I just think that Washington, they've got something special, and OV wants another one. And he, they've got really good goaltending, and they're well coached. It's no Barry Trotz, but they are well coached. And I, I got Washington over St. Louis in my NHL predictions. Now, the NBA is a mess. Because you have teams in the play-in before that 
normally you wouldn't even think of, and at the same time, it's almost kind of pointless that they're even there. But, you know, that's beside the point. Uh, so out of, and I'm a Timberwolves fan, so I have nothing going into this. I, I really don't care. The only thing that affects the Timberwolves is depending on who wins, it might help the Timberwolves chance with seeding for not, not seeding. It might help the Timberwolves chances with the lottery for the NBA draft. But I I think that this will be an interesting play-in series. And even though I have no, I have nothing, even though I have no reason to watch, I'll watch anyway. And it should be an interesting one. So I'm going to start off by saying who I think is going to make it into the playoffs after they finish the odd version of the end of the regular season. I think it's pretty safe to say that the Phoenix Suns are going to miss the playoffs. They have to have a lot go right. Uh, I mean, they're at the 13th seed. They are the very last team in the Western Conference to be invited to the Orlando bubble. I, I just don't think the Suns are going to make much noise. The Spurs, they're going to miss the playoffs for the first time in how long? I don't even remember. I think the Kings, it's also kind of pointless that they're even at the bubble. You know, they I do like De'Aaron Fox, but it, it's really, what else do they have? They've got some, like Buddy Heald is okay. And, I mean, Marvin Bagley's okay. I just don't think, I don't think they are capable of going on a run. I don't think they're going to make much noise. And then you have the contenders for the final spot in the playoffs seeding. Memphis, Portland, and New Orleans. And... In, within that, you have the interesting Memphis and New Orleans, which is the Zion versus Ja Morant. And granted, Zion, he's on leave right now. He had a family medical emergency, which I, there's not really much known about that, but that's really, that's a personal matter, so I'm not going to dig too much there. But eventually Zion will be back. And to all those Zion fanatics, yes, he's talented. No, he does not deserve to be rookie of the year when he wasn't even there for a majority of the season. So John Morant is still the rookie of the year. Don't care if you think Zion deserves it. John Morant is deserving. I'm very very uh not passionate but I'm very strong holding to that position if Zion wins rookie of the year there's something wrong with the NBA I think the NBA just loves endorsing him because he was oh my gosh he was hyped up so much since high school which I feel kind of bad for him because he's had so much pressure on him from a young age, but he's dealt with it so well. It's not that I hate Zion. It's I'm tired of some of the hype, and I think in this case, if the hype carries him to winning Rookie of the Year, then I, it's a shame. Zion is a great player. He will be an all-star for years to come. He's not the Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year this year. Can he carry the Pelicans to the playoffs? Currently, they're sitting, they're sitting out a few games. I think, I don't think they can. They've got a good team. I don't think they can though. It's going to be asking too much of them. I think next year they make the playoffs for sure, but. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. So then it's between Portland, who had a great playoffs 
last year. And they can get hot. But then you have Memphis. And Memphis is... They're just scrappy. I I really like Memphis. John Morant is so talented. And you pair him with Jaron Jackson. I, I think the Grizzlies are going to give Portland a run for their money early on in this end of the regular season. But... Yeah, I got to give it to Portland. Even though I just hyped up Memphis, I got to give it to Portland. Um, yeah, they're just too good. I'll get to the Western Conference playoffs in a little bit, um, but I got to make a mention of the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, the only... There are... The Eastern Conference has been worse than the Western Conference or less competitive than the West for years. And that hasn't changed. I mean, they there's only nine teams in the bubble from the East this year. So there's really only three teams trying to get in the playoffs. And only one of those three teams is going to get knocked out. And right now, the Wizards are hanging on for dear life. They're the nine seed right now. A lot of things have to go right. I don't think it's the Wizards' time. So then between Orlando and Brooklyn, who's going to be the seven and who's going to be the eight? I think the seven seed is going to be Brooklyn. I think bringing in Jamal Crawford is going to be awesome. He brings a great veteran presence. I know that Brooklyn has a lot of people that are not coming to Orlando, but I think I think Brooklyn's just deeper and Orlando's just too inconsistent. Like, uh, yeah, in the Western Conference, they wouldn't even be in the conversation. Like, they just don't compete with good teams, and I think Orlando's going to stick with the eight seed. So there's nothing changing. Do I think that there's any changes to how each conference is seeded within the top of the conference? Not quite. I think the only changes would be Indiana is going to slip to the sixth seed. I mean, they're going to be without Oladipo. And, yeah, Indiana, I don't like their chances without Oladipo. Granted, they did play well with him, or without him, for a while. But I I just don't think they got it. I think, I think in the Western Conference, the only seeding that will change there would be Dallas might move up a little bit. I don't buy OKC and I don't buy Houston. I never have bought into any of the Houston hype. So, yeah, to say the least, Dallas is going to move into the five seed after the short regular season finale, I guess. Now, going into the playoffs, I'm going to keep this quick and simple. I'm only going to talk about three teams from each conference that I think, or no, four teams from each conference that I think have a real shot at winning the conference, and then I'm going to talk about who I think is going to win the conference. I think in the Western Conference, it's really a battle between well, the Battle of L.A. for one. So, the Lakers and Clippers. And then it's just Denver and Utah. Denver and Utah are really interesting. I think Utah is going to have some problems with uh, player or team chemistry early on. So, I don't think Utah is even really in the conversation anymore. They do have a way better defense than most of the league. But I don't think they have enough. I think it'll eventually come down to the Battle of L.A. for the Western Conference. 
And similar to Major League Baseball, it's not that I think it's rigged. I think the storyline is just too good for people to ignore. I think the Lakers are taking the Western Conference. I think there's just too much riding on this year for the Lakers. In the Western Conference, even though Toronto is the the two seed right now, I feel like a lot of people are overlooking the Raptors. And I, I don't know if that's because, you know, way up north there, or if it's they don't really have like a superstar. They've got all-star level players. They're well-coached and they're deep. They're well-developed. But it's not like they have that superstar player anymore, like a Kawhi Leonard who left or LeBron. So I feel like they get overlooked. But I think they're a dark horse to win the Eastern Conference. Do I think they will? No. I think I'm going to stick with the Bucks. I'm going to go out there and say that. But everybody skips. Everybody seems to skip over Toronto and talk about Boston. I don't buy Boston. Still don't. Just like I don't buy the 76ers. I, I don't think I ever will. I don't think Ben Simmons is good enough to lead a team through the postseason. I think the Miami Heat are going to knock off the Sixers early on in the playoffs. Because the Miami Heat is actually a sneaky good team. They've got depth. They've got shooting. And Jimmy Butler, even though I'm a Timberwolves fan, I have to respect him. He is really, really great. And I think he finally found a place that kind of fits what he's all about. Granted, he's still kind of a jerk, but... Yeah, I think the Heat are going to move on to later rounds and lose out, lose to the Raptors. I think it's Raptors and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, unless the seeding shakes out that they play each other early on. But, well, not early, but earlier than the Eastern Finals. But I think the Bucks are taking it, and it's the matchup that everybody else has been predicting. It's the Bucks and the Raptors, and then the Bucks and the Lakers in the finals. I really am rooting for the Bucks, but again, I think the storyline. I think, I think LeBron gets himself motivated, way more motivated by making up kind of these fake scenarios of people doubting him. I've never heard people doubt him that he's too old. I I don't buy that. I think he's doing a similar thing that MJ did to keep himself motivated and just make up scenarios where people doubt him. I think the Lakers are just they're really really good. The Bucks are really good as well, obviously. They're in the finals, but I think the Lakers experience and they're more well-rounded. Yeah, I think the Lakers take the series. I'm rooting for the Bucks, though. I'll go out there and say it. I'm rooting for the Bucks, but I think the Lakers are going to take it. This really weird 2020 playoffs, I think the Lakers take it. Okay, so we're going to move on from sports ball and go over to cinema talk. I know I had a lot to go through in sports ball when you have three leagues starting within the span of a month and the NFL tailing on the end of that. Still a lot of uncertainty with the NFL, but I wanted to make sure I covered all my bases there. So I'm going to try to make the other segments here a little bit shorter. And with a focus in the last segment about predicting the future, I thought what movie for Cinema Talk would be better to talk about than Back to the Future? Or I should say movies, because it's a trilogy. And honestly, I it's really hard for me to know where to start with Back to the Future, because it's just, it's so iconic. I, I mean, they hit, they did everything, almost everything right with this trilogy. I still think the first one is kind of like superior to the other movies, as is with most movie series. I think the original just has kind of that nostalgia piece that 
keeps it above the rest where it just seems like they're trying too hard to recapture what they had in the other ones. But I think what sets Back to the Future apart from other movie series is the way that they can entangle storylines because of time travel makes it interesting to watch. So that makes the element of the plot line just that much better. And then on top of that, the characters are so memorable. I mean, you got the the bleh. you got the McFly family. Marty McFly is one of the most iconic characters in cinema in general. And then, I mean, you got Doc, you got Biff. I mean, it's so good. And so many pop culture references. And it it's that type of stuff that when you call back to other things that are really popular and connect them and interweave different time periods and different generations that's going to broaden your audience of a movie just in general. So Back to the Future did so many things well. And granted, they got a lot of the future wrong. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy how much that they got somewhat right, but it's still intriguing to think of what they thought the future would look like back when the movie trilogy was made and really back to the future has become iconic because so many people can relate to it and so many people can it's just an enjoyable experience all around again i'm still biased in that the first one is the best out of the trilogy uh I think it kind of just goes downhill from the first one because I think the third one is probably my least favorite out of the trilogy. But yeah, that's kind of my shortened version of my Back to the Future uh, intrigue. I'll, I could go more in depth if you talk with me in person about this, but I think for purposes of keeping this segment short like I was planning... I'm going to stop right there and head to the next segment. So for Jukebox today, um, we're going to get a little bit more personal, I guess. Um, recently, I've had a lot of experiences where I felt a little bit more alone and I felt like I've struggled because like I wasn't able to do much except for work lately and it's hard to find purpose in work because I'm very much a people person and it's not that I don't interact with people because customer service is you get to talk to people every five minutes but It's different, obviously, and honestly, sometimes stressful, but I handle it like a champ, I'd like to think, but yeah, today for Jukebox, I just want to talk about a few songs that have been important to me lately, and I think, honestly, I've been kind of broad with my topics for Jukebox, and I I might turn into it might turn into talking about just some specific songs like this week for future episodes as well but there's two songs that i wanted to talk about today and they are like this by nf which is probably my favorite from the album the search which came out last july it's crazy it's been an entire year that that's been out And a song called Stupid Deep, which I first heard because Switchfoot, my favorite band, did a cover of it, but it's a, I believe it's a John Bellion song. I'll have to, I just want to look it up real quick to make absolute, absolutely sure, you know, I hate being wrong, but those two songs 
have been very important to me lately because of the lyrics and just obviously the song itself is very the songs themselves are very uh powerful in the way that the way that it is that sounds very yeah that sounds very unprofessional but just the way that the music is it's very powerful because it gets you kind of in that state of you're focusing more on the lyrics than anything else because of the music is kind of toned down but it's still interesting to the point where you can definitely listen to it on repeat but like this has been one of my favorite songs and it seems like every time i listen to it i can find a different meaning in the lyrics based on my situation which is what's really interesting to me as a listener but that song lyrically has um recently had an even more like an even greater big an even greater impact on me because some of the like in the chorus he says i lie to myself i lie to myself and i can't handle it and i'm being very open about it um my own mental health i'd like to think that it's good but i still have my own self-doubts and um i tell myself a lot of lies and that's just it like that song just kind of hit me like i know i'm not perfect but i always strive for perfection not that i'm a perfectionist i just always want to be improving on myself which is both a gift and a curse like even doing this podcast i want to perfect my craft and i want to get better and i always am looking to get better but in that i'm never finding satisfaction because i'm never gonna get to the top because the top is continuously the next thing the next thing and i've never really been this open about that but that is both both a good thing because then i'm always getting better and it motivates me but at the same time, I'm never finding any joy in what I'm doing. I mean, not that I'm not finding any joy in doing this podcast. I very much enjoy this. But it's kind of, this song kind of made me think more and more about who I am as a person. And then I was listening to the album that Switchfoot made. I say album, it's more of an EP, but it's just covers of different groups. And it is John Bellion that the song is by. Stupid Deep is so powerful in that the lines, the lyrics, they just mirror everything else that I've kind of been talking about is what if who I wanted to be was always me? And everything that I ever was striving for was right there. And then it goes on, the chorus is, because the hole inside my heart is stupid deep. It's something that sounds so simple, yet when you listen to it, it just resonates with you. Where it's like we're always going for the next thing. What if all the things I've done were just attempts at earning love? Because the hole inside my heart is stupid deep. Which, it's so simple. Yet it really kind of struck me. Because it's like, everything that I'm doing, I'm working like a dog this summer pretty much. And what am I doing this all for? In the name of getting better and in the name of earning people's trust, earning people's love. And like, it in the... In the end, like, yeah, it, it'll be worth it because I'll definitely have some payoff when it comes to the start of the school year, I guess, monetarily, I guess. And I'll have some extra skills and I'll have some new perspectives. But in the end, 
it wears me down. And that's kind of the point where I've come to. So those are just two songs that have been really special to me. So if you look up, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, I highly recommend, obviously after this podcast episode is over, highly recommend looking up Like This by NF and Stupid Deep by either John Bellion or Switchfoot, but I'm biased towards Switchfoot. I think Switchfoot did it better than John Bellion. I did listen to those versions separately, but yeah, I might be a little biased there because I listened to the Switchfoot version first, but I highly recommend looking up those songs because they're very special to me and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to it too. And it's for the culture time, and today I'm devoting all of my weekly shoutouts to some individuals on my former baseball teams at Spectrum. And the reason for that is I've actually had three, well I will have three uh, recent experiences relating to Spectrum Baseball, which has been very interesting to me. Um... Last week, towards the end of the week, so after episode three dropped, um, otherwise I probably would have talked about this last episode, I got the opportunity to um, just go back to the old high school complex, and they had a camp for the summer, and I met the new head coach, and I met up with some of my old teammates, and I... I mean, I didn't expect to really do a whole lot, but I was immediately involved and kind of let back in, and I got to play some baseball for the first time in a long time, and that experience was so, so cool, so encouraging to see where the future of the my team's program is going, and we've got a really good head coach now. I mean... I really miss our head coach from my senior year, but I feel like even though he left, the program is going in a good direction still, continuing on from the previous coach. And even though they didn't get to have a season, uh, they're really looking at things positively. And just for myself personally, again, I've been – I've had a crazy schedule. I didn't even think I would be able to go out and see some of the guys. And in the middle of a crazy work week, I got to go and just relax. And it was like, is it too much to say it felt like I was made new? It, It was like this sense of relief where I didn't have to worry about anything else. And I could just be in the game again. Like, I didn't really realize how in tune with a game I was until I got to go back and try to try to play. I, I was a little rusty, but we had a lot of fun. And so, yeah, that was one experience. So I want to shout out the new head coach, uh, Coach Ambrose. Great guy. And I really like the direction where the program is going. My buddy Ben, he got better. Uh, Watch out for burgles. Um, And then my buddy Nick, got to see him. He's actually going to be helping out Coach too, which is really exciting for him. And uh, later tonight, actually, on the night I'm recording this, I'm actually going to be seeing him in a tournament at uh, CHS Field in St. Paul. He'll be representing Spectrum, and I'm really excited. It's going to be a fun night tonight. And also, last night, I got to see another one of my former teammates uh, play in his first summer game of the year. It was actually his first game in over a year because he injured himself. And, you know, we'll give him a lot of crap for that, but (laughs) it was his first time on a field in a long time, and he was a little rusty, but he's he's a good kid. John Gregg, shouts out to you. Um, I also got to see some of the other guys too. When I mean, we 
met and we got to watch that game. So shouts out to Tommy DeBoer, John Gertz. And again, Nick was there too. And I also want to give a shout out. Um, I'm not going to go into detail because I know this is a personal matter, but I've also been thinking about my days playing high school baseball because recently, um, how, how detailed should I go? Recently, my co-captain had uh, something very traumatic happen to him in his family. Um, And, you know, I've been thinking about him a lot lately. So Preston Holmes, uh, you know, I'm thinking about you and I'm always here. I support you. And um, we had a lot of good times together, even though it was a little rocky some of the way. But you know, I always, I'm always here for you. So those are my shouts, my shouts out, if we want to put it that way. Those are the shout outs of the week in For the Culture. Normally at this point in the podcast, we would be heading over to Mailbox, but this week I received very little submissions and I feel like I should end the episode a little bit early, so we'll continue on Mailbox next week. We'll move and hopefully have a bigger segment next time, Uh, and, you know, we'll focus on next week. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Make sure to, I mean, make sure to follow the Instagram page. It's p at PB and Jargon Podcast. Uh, send in any comments, concerns, questions, anything you got. Send in anything to the email or to the Instagram page. So thank you so much for supporting me and take it easy.